on this week's filler clip. Lee Griffing dives into the scary side of commercial flight operations. What if you were the company and this pilot did that? What would you do? What um, what did they do? They declined a flight because it was at legal minimums? Sure. It was at whatever your guys' legal minimums are, and they declined it. What would you do as the owner? You Well, so I, I guess it just depends on the size and scope. The expectation is that you will conduct that flight. Scott Boris dives into the relaxing side of not being involved in commercial flight operations. I'm like, well, let's go eat somewhere. I went to this little breakfast place, and it's like, they serve liquor. It was like a little diner thing. and Like mm-hmm. on the menu, it was like Irish coffee. In Ohio? Yeah. That's rare. Yeah. And I was like, well. Barb's here? I was like, well, I'm going to get an Irish coffee. So I did. And then after, I, it, was, it was strong as shit, too. Like it was like straight whiskey. Love it. And then I was like, I don't know if that's going to affect my heart test or not, but. Scott, maxing out every single mic. (laughs) You good? Headphones on, we're going right now. Coming up. I would change that all around because it would be so nice. I just got to figure out. I got to. I have to have to play with it for a minute. We are live. Live, huh? All right. All right. I can't really see the chat any... though, so you guys have to. What are we live you know, on? Twitch, Twitch. The Twitch. Twitch. So it's gonna fall mostly on you and I, Scott and Jeff. Yeah. You can't I, see it. He, like, like I can't see that. Like at I all? can see that far. Uh, can't I make... Rough. I can bring it back over if, like, I need to. Why can't you just delete make, a comment or something? I tried that. Really? Yeah. I can't figure out how to do it. So, do you have any guidance on that? You got two monitors, right? Yeah. Make a mirrors of one another. Yeah, I mean, there's probably a way to do it. I I thought so. I tried this morning, but I could not figure it out. If we only had some time before this to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Well, I messed around with it for like an hour this morning. Well, I mean, I was on time, so can't <laughs> speak for anybody else. Yeah. Well. Okay. I don't think anybody's on yet, though. Okay, I'm gonna go get another beer then. Oh, another beer. Nine thirty-two. Yeah. Hey, Leo, are you going to make it till 7 o'clock? <laughs> we'll see. 7 p.m. We'll see. Might need to take a little nap for the, the intermission. <laughs> That's, yeah. What's wrong with that? All right. Oh, man. Sometimes when you got to keep partying, you just slam tons of caffeine, too. Well, I'm going to have to figure it out. Did you bring the caffeine pills, Scott? No, I don't do those anymore. Oh. No. You just brought the bush. Yeah, I, I bought, I have my own coffee. but Is that a thing over there? A, the I can't see the chat, but you guys can. There's one person. Oh, we got one person. AM beer. Get it. The first time. Nick, is that Nick fir- Nitro, it looks like. First, first time, time chat. chat. Okay. First time listening. All right. Yep. I can see the logo. It looked like first timer over there. Yeah, we're uh, yeah, that's that is nice how they do that. We yeah, got a we got a new setup though, so like chat's way over there. I can't really see it. So that's up to Lee and Scott to stay up on that. We'll try. We'll Why didn't we try. just have one screen but push back further? Because so Lee awesome. can't see it because his eyes are old. Could you put the chat on your phone? It worked last time. Yeah. You had it kind of. We could both read it. Yeah, that's a pain. Yeah, I can't just make it big. I'd rather just you guys deal with the chat. I, well, I read right through that. It's a lot. It's a lot of responsibility. It is a lot. <laughs> I, do, I don't like it because it puts a lot of pressure on me. I, it is mostly on yeah. you. What hard liquors is everyone drinking at uh, nine thirty a.m. Eastern? 
uh, on, in the chat. Yeah, Nick, what, what, what are you drinking? <laughs> yeah. the only one in the chat. What are, you what are we drinking? I've got coffee I've got for it. the first time ever on the show, I think. Maybe the last time ever. Yeah. I, I'm doing you Coors. You need to pour a, little, pour a little rum in that coffee. Yeah. I was going to bring some, bring some Baileys. Some I was pirate, Baileys? You pirate said you coffee. were. Pirate coffee. You can add anything to that. Well, the Irish coffee is what? Whiskey and coffee? Yeah. Yeah. Man. I, I ordered an Irish coffee right before I took my heart test at the Cleveland <laughs> Clinic. And then I was like, thought about it. And like, maybe that's not a good idea. Because like, we went there, did the initial stuff. And then there was like two hours before the test. And I'm like, well, let's go eat somewhere. We went to this little breakfast place. And it's like, they serve liquor. It was like a little diner thing. and Like on the menu, it was like Irish coffee. In Ohio? Yeah. That's rare. Yeah. And I was like, well. Barb's here? I was like, well, I'm going to get an Irish coffee. So I did. And then after I, it was was strong as shit too. Like it was like straight whiskey. Love it. And then I was like, I don't know if that's going to affect my heart test or not, but I passed. Everything was good. Perfect. Yeah. Nice. As long as you passed. Yeah. Yeah. Passing grades. if If I screw up this. $3,000 $3,000 heart test and have to do it again because I <laughs> drank whiskey. <laughs> Holy <laughs> but It worked out. Just a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Just a coincidence. Um, the, the only thing like what, what was it? What was it? What was the heart test? Like an EKG type thing or what was it? Stress. Well, they pretty much did like everything, but oh, okay. because my dad had that, uh, <clears throat> bicuspid heart valve and the aortic embolism or yeah, aneurysm or whatever. So they wanted to do all that to make sure. You do a blood test? Yeah, they did the blood test and the heart test. All your lipids and all that stuff. I don't know. Oh, okay. I was just going to say what we were talking about the other day is like they just, all the, you know, heart, the blood pressure stuff doesn't really factor in like what your cholesterol levels are. My cholesterol is terrible. My bad bad cholesterol is terrible. Oh, okay. That was just a simple blood test at my normal physician. I'm working on it though. It's coming down. Yeah. I've gotten it retested since then. It's coming down. Before I could hit the record button, there was a great conversation going on. Let's see if I can restir it. Lee was considering, or Jeff was telling Lee about this awesome Saratoga that he could possibly buy. And I said it might be a decent deal if it had 10,000 less hours on the airframe. Yeah. If it had 10,000 less, it probably I, only have 10,000 hours. I think hours. I know which one we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's had a hard life. So if Is you it think, for sale? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's not worth anything, so yeah. it shouldn't be. <laughs> well, so how many landings per hour would you say that thing probably has? Oh, per hour? Yeah, six, five. Yeah, like, like that. Because it, I don't know, on a busy day in the wintertime, it could probably do 35, 40 in a day. Right, right. Okay, so that thing probably has, I'm going to be gracious, it has 18,000 hours on it times... I'll be gracious and say five, five. 90,000 landings on it. That's a lot good. of those are rough. A lot of those are, are rough, rough. Yeah. And weight could be questionable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a hard landing, maybe right on the edge of being legal. I would and agree with you. 90,000 of them. Except if it's Ryan and I. If it's Ryan and I, then it's everything smooth. Everything is, you know, right there. Where right. You, Grease it on and like so butter. What, what were yeah. the what were the winds you're just talking about landing in that you guys had this talk? I don't, management had a talk with I the pilot do, group. I do not recall. Roughly, <laughs> what was the wind? There's no limitation. There's, no, you know, it's landed 
fine. Well, I know that I've landed in, you know, well into the 40s. So not direct crosswind, but gusting to 40, you know, maybe 20, 30, 40 yes. degrees off. You'll get that. Knows. So we like I don't remember ever stopping flying for wind. Yeah, you'll I fly the know. whole day out there and you'll be the only one talking on frequency. Yeah. You won't hear another airplane. And that's a busy frequency. One, two, two point eight, which is common. That's yeah. a common frequency. And there's plenty of them around here. You don't hear anybody. I remember there was one day when it was <clears> like <throat> super, super windy and the owner took all the flights. He had all the other pilots stop and he did all the flights. Well, he still, I don't know if he still does that. but So that's actually segues perfectly into kind of where we left off is so there you can't give everybody these limitations and then be like hey but not follow i'll go do them yeah well that's what it was he was like he's he didn't want anybody else flying in that wind so he did all the flights i just i don't think that's a good example really to set you know Mm -hmm. what i mean you set a limitation everybody abides by it yeah but that person also has like more hours than probably you and i combined Oh, for sure. Times, more than that. times, 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 ten. several times. You know, yeah, so, yeah. 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 No, I, I think it definitely, I think like our limitations, you know, you, you, your limitations from where I started with you, Lee, to where I'm at now are completely different. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, if a person like that, that has more hours takes over, I, I don't think it's that bad of an example because it's just based on what they can do. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and especially if they're not pushing you to be that person to be past your limitations. So like, let's say, I guess let's put brackets on it. Okay. Let's say they said, okay, I don't want anybody flying these airplanes. It's not me. It's my name on the door, right? I don't want anybody flying these airplanes, but me, um, when it's gusting over 30 and then they do it. But so i but now it's 50 and they still go. Oh, that's when, yeah, I think that's different. I think if they put okay. limitations, I know I think I thought we were talking about like, I'm saying, hey, I'm not going to fly today because it's past my limitations. But then this guy comes up and says, I'm going to take these. That's completely different than if that person says, here's the hard, here's the ceiling. Yeah. We're not going to go past 30 knots. And then it's 50 knots and they do it. Then it's like, well, wait a minute. Even though their name is on there, mm-hmm. then I think that is definitely a bad example. So what if it's 30 is the limit and then um, they go out and it's 40? What if they say the company mandate the limit is 30, they go fly in 40, not 15 more, only 10 more. Is that still different? Beca- not, is yeah. it more about the fact they're telling you you can't fly versus you saying, I'm not comfortable with this? Well, one, I think if you set that as a limitation for your company and then you do it, I think that's wrong. Now, if you want to say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, this year we were at 30 and now we're going to move it up to 40, you know, or mm-hmm. they say, hey, I'm going to be the person that's going to determine. But like, let's say they do it at 40 and they're like, well... I, I determined I can do it at 40. So now we're going to change. We're going to lift that ceiling up to 40, you know, knots. And yeah, that's, I think that's all right. But I think if they set a hard ceiling of what the limit's going to be and then they go out and they just do it, I, yeah, I think that's bad. Yeah. Shouldn't I, I guess you, pilot set their own ceiling? Well, they they do. They okay. have their own ceiling, yeah. but I think we're talking. So you have your own ceiling as a pilot, like yourself, Scott. You have a, like, okay, here's a, yeah, it's a like night, five knots. Five, of course, yeah, five knots, yeah. no one in the air. Yeah. You know, no class right. Bravo, no class Charlie, right. no class Delta. Yeah, yeah. no clouds. <laughs> Definitely no Alpha. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it's out in space. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone, <laughs> yeah. everyone has their limits. For rockets. It, yeah. It would planes. be terrible to work for a company that if you had your limits, you're like, yeah, I don't feel like going today. And it's like, well, you're going to go, you're fired. Well, then that's definitely the company you want to work for. You do not want to work for. Well, that's a lot of them, though. Not necessarily in terms of wind, 
But it's like, okay, the weather is crap. You got it. We expect you to go. It's legal. We expect you to go. That is more common than not. Right. But then I think that too, before you were to get rid of an employee, I think you should have that point, go through some training and, you know, find out what their issues are. Why do you now want to go on this day? Why don't, you know, maybe this is the job for, maybe this isn't the job for you. Maybe. And they've probably already had that talk, but by the time they get a job, they've already spent all this time in the IFR environment, getting the rating, building the hours. So theoretically they've had, they have like this back catalog of experience you know, to, that has got them to this point that got them that job already. So now you've got them the job where they're supposed to be doing all this pilot stuff and they're saying they can't do it, even though it's legal to go. Right. So, so they're shooting ILS. They're, it's down to 200 and a half mile, which is the bare minimum for an ILS. And they like, I'm not comfortable with that. That's kind of because the FAA has has limits. If you're a new captain, for example, you have to add 100 feet in another half mile. So their limits on an ILS would be 301 mile for an ILS, for a traditional Cat 1 ILS. So that's a built-in safety margin from the FAA. So they've worked off that time. Yeah, but what's, what I'm saying? Yeah, but you should have already figured this out because they should have that's done what I'm some, saying. Right, they should have done some training with you and then when you put them out there on their own and they're like, I can't do it. I was like, well, we just went through this training and we've taken you down to 200. You they know, should have already t- done that in their training getting their instrument rating. Right, but I'm saying as a company, maybe you don't know that. You know, all training is not alike. If you did not go through... C- company training where it mm-hmm. started from the very beginning to then you don't know this person could say oh i've got all this training mm-hmm. and yeah maybe on paper they do but yeah, in reality maybe true. they don't so now they go through company training mm-hmm. and a company training you should have found this out and if it gets to that point where now they're out there in the real world doing it themselves and they can't do it that like i said that just may not be the job for themselves there may have been something that happened that now all of a sudden they're scared to go down the 200 they're scared to do the 30 knot crosswind there's you know what i'm saying how do you, i think you have to work around that and get that person back up to speed. But like I said, you should have caught that during their training with your company. Yeah, to say the least, I'm I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying what you're selling. <laughs> well, you hired them with an expectation of a tr- of level of training. Correct. Then you so you awarded them that position in the airplane. Correct. And then they had to work an additional mandated by the FAA amount of time with higher minimums. They flew that whole time. Correct. Now they're back on normal minimums with every other PIC or SIC, whatever the case may be. And now they're saying they can't do it. They were doing it before. The FAA raised their limit because their position, you know, it's a 135, for example, it's a charter flight or a commercial flight. So it raised it while they work off some of their initial flight time, their initial operating experience, and then the minimums come back down. And so now there's an issue. And now if something happened, the company should know that it happened because it happened on their watch. Right. So something happened to kind of scare them. They had a close call, engine failure, whatever the case may be. They should know about that because it happened on their, like in one of their airplanes with one of their pilots, with their customer. You know what I'm saying? So, so let me ask you this question. What if you were the company and this pilot did that? What would you do? What um, What did they do? They declined a flight because it was at legal minimums? Sure. It was at whatever your guys' legal minimums are. And they declined it. What would you do as the owner? You well, so I, I guess it just depends on the size and scope. The expectation is that you will conduct that flight. It's legal if it's legal for you. If though, if it's up at or above minimums, it's legal for you to depart. If it's at or above minimums, it's legal for you to start the approach. Approach if it's at or above minimums, it's legal for you to shoot the approach. So, I mean, what would you do? Would you fire that person? Would you you can't them? you can't let it go? You can't let it go. Correct. Because they're getting an instrument proficiency check every six months where they're trained to this standard. 
I mean, there's just so many safety nets and, and backstops for this to not even be a thing. If I said, I'm not going to shoot an approach to minimums, what the hell are you doing? Right. What are you doing in that seat? Exactly. I think we, we yeah. So they, Scott, I, and I so would you, never survive in a commercial so environment. You get, no. So you would get rid <laughs> of that person. Confused. You yeah. would pretty much, I mean, you would have to yeah. do something it, right. about addressing because you can't let pilots See. not do pilot stuff. Gotcha. I mean, I am not one to talk because I certainly wouldn't do any sort of close to minimums anywhere, but I kind of agree with Lee. Like, if you're, if you're, if that's what you're expected to do, then you should do it, you know. But also, like, that's, you know, it's kind of, I, I wouldn't do it. So I, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say, but I, <laughs> that's why I would never work for, you know, as a commercial pilot, because unless I have auto land and like the, the plane's doing it for me and I'm just monitoring the system. See, that's, that's that's why robots are going to replace pilots because of the weak pilots that are like I'm not doing that I'm not doing that. So what, does the, for, what does the system goes down like the Notams just did this week? Your autopilot's not going to land. Yeah, you. what if the pilot has a heart attack too? So <laughs> that's why there should be two yeah. theoretically equally um, trained. We're all trained to PIC standards now. Yeah. So for the most part, yeah. So oh. I think they should just raise the minimums up. In that way, yeah, well, but there's that way there's everybody so, could do it. They're supposed to be flexible. That way everybody though. can do it. Either. I just, I, I'm going through my FIRC, my flight instructor renewal course online right now, watching John and Martha King, and uh, they were talking about how like the FA laws for a lot of those minimums, they're not designed for every flight environment. Yeah, like the VFR weather minimums are fine for like the flatlands of Ohio, but if you're going out to the Colorado, mountains, Alaska, yeah. something like yeah. those VFR minimums are not safe. Not at all. Yeah. Like, but they're they're not going to go area by they're area by for, area yeah. and like redo different stuff. There's just yeah. a blanket, you know, pilot has discretion, and so that like the flatlands of Ohio, like us flying around with our VFR minimums, we're fine. Yeah. But then like the people flying in mountains, in theory, need to know, hey. You know, yeah. those are the legal minimums, but you're an idiot if you go do those in, in mountains, like, yeah. at night. Yeah. Well, if you're in, like, tall mountains, that's why the rules change at 10,000 feet. You need five miles of visibility, not one mile, all those sorts of things. Yeah. Those are all baked in. Airplanes that can do it if it's flatland, they're going faster, so they still can recognize and avoid, see and avoid that tower or whatever the case may be, or that mountain, even if they're going slow. That's all. I think that's, I think, I think the, those rules are structured really, really yeah, I think. But I mean, there, blanket. There's, there's mountains less than ten thousand feet, though, that are I'm, still I'm you aware. stay out of those. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm aware. But so pay attention to your, you know, your maximum elevation figure on your sectional if you're out there VFR flying. Pay attention to what airspace you're in, especially if you're doing like Portland to Toledo. Let's pay attention to that's the, what I said. The towers. There's towers yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we take off two seven. I learned that lesson. Yeah. Right. This dude. Okay. Do we want to, I mean, what do we want to do with this? We huh? got, well, we're in the chat. We're in the okay. chat part of it. We haven't started the actual episode yet. Okay. We'll figure start that at like Scott, 10. You want to, you want to do any reading? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't right. see this far. Okay. So we got, um, several first time chat. Um, first one. Yeah. So good morning, Jay Wilson. And then the next one we got focus. I don't know. Zero, 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 three. Three, yeah. Hey, I've been listening to your podcast for almost one year now. I love them. I commute to work by bike, and that takes about one hour. Ideal to listen to your podcast. I'm going to try to get my private pilot's license this spring in Belgium, and then my CFI afterwards. By the time I've got all the way, all 
got all that, my son is old enough to learn to fly and I can teach him. Yeah, perfect. Yep, we're here. He's going through it in Belgium? That's what it sounds like. I've yeah. heard it's expensive to get flight ratings over I think there. Everything in Europe. I mean, yeah. all, Imagine just, the fuel cost. That alone. And that's yeah. where all, that's what's um kind of pushing, you know, obviously we have the government pushing like our electric transition, but their their yeah. fuel cost, their per liter first oh, crazy. off. Yeah. And then it's like and Canada. Then Avgas on top of that. Avgas sure on top yeah. of it. I had, a, yeah. I had a student that um went to England. He already had his private commercial and he's not flying over there because it's so expensive to change everything over. Right. Well, yeah, yeah there's that so, too. Yeah. 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 I have to do some. I don't know how much is involved to transition your stuff over. I don't think there's that much flying, but even still, it was, that'd be like me going to get a rotorcraft license right now, like 30 grand to just, just to transfer my ratings probably. That's crazy. I'll probably say yeah. 25 is the last time I priced it, but yeah. it may have gone up since then. Yeah. It's probably been a couple of years. I double now. Yeah. Uh, he said 12,000. Um, it's 2.5 euro per minute. Okay, wow. that's, that's not. Five, what it's is like it? what? Almost three dollars. That's not insane. Insane, I guess. Three dollars per minute. So three times <sighs> sixty. That's one hundred and eighty bucks an hour. That's not that's that a, far off. That's about. Yeah, I mean, renting a one seventy two. But see, yeah. I don't know what that's renting. Is that yeah. one of those little pipistrol right. virus yeah. things? Virus, you know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. God forbid, I have a Rotex on it. Leo called FAA on you. <laughs> that see, <laughs> that see. That that airplane in and of itself is what is making me somewhat okay with the Rotax. It's it's just the way the future is going to go. What's wrong with the Rotax? It, it sounds, sounds like a lawnmower. Well, yeah, that's the biggest thing that yeah, I don't like. Yeah. They're in snowmobiles. Not, what's that? They're, <laughs> They're in, in snowmobiles. snowmobiles. Yeah, right. Yeah, but, but Rotax is Technum too. owned by Bomb- Bombardier. Bombardier, and they make like jets and stuff. So oh, I I'm, know what I'm sure the They're divisions are slightly separate. I don't think. I'm one sure they share technology. Yeah, but you're under Probably that name. Not. You think it would be. Right, you know, it's not the same engineer yeah. working on the, yeah. the. Well, it's actually BRP is the the parent company, I think. But of Textron? No, no, no. Oh, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's right. Because yeah. if you look on their logos it's and a lot BRP, of the stuff, like jet skis, yeah. Yeah. they make Sea Doo, yeah. Ski Doo. Are we sure that so BRP doesn't? BRP parts. Are they not the ones who they own Can Am? Yeah, yep. Sea Doo, But I don't know if they own anything to do with Rotax. I don't know. I think they do. I'm not sure. Ah, oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, too bad we don't sure have a computer Google. to I'm sure figure that out. I'm sure the Googly could figure that out. Okay. Um, anyway, he said a Technum P2008, which I think is their multi-engine, which is I think is a twin Rotax. I'm not sure. Oh, that's a good price. Oh, yeah, if it's a twin, yeah. if that's what it is, yeah, yeah. yeah build God, that multi-engine you rent time that here for that price. No, well, it's also two Rotax. What, are the, what what is their what's their main thing? Nine twelve, the nine twelve. I don't know. Two yeah. of those. So you know, you're like three and a half or four gallons an hour, probably whatever. But in each, and yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's six seven gallons an hour. That's a yeah. single. Yeah. Br owned by BRP. That's single. Oh, it's a single engine. He said Austrian. Okay. It's an what Austrian is, company. What is BRP? BRP. And they own so Rotex. They yeah. okay. So they do a lot of stuff in Canada, though. They do own Rotex. Yep. Okay. So I wonder what their relationship is with Bombardier. They own it, I think. Well, I want him to look instead of us just shooting. From I don't him. know. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, so yeah, that's that's kind of expensive. That's not that far off from somebody paying for a, a Cessna 172. You know, now I'm gonna have to look up what a P is that with the, is. is that with the instructor or is that just a rental of the plane? Yeah. Is that solo or you heard Jeff? And then while we're waiting on that, uh, we got Brandon. Ironically, this is a conversation right now. I'm a CFI, and my boss just put out new weather limitations, which include expected to fly at conditions that I feel are excessive. Um, what, Brandon, are, what, what are they? Yeah, what what are they that you feel is excessive? Uh, so you mean they're they're a little more limiting than you think? Um, 
Bombardier looks like it's um it's a Canadian company that's separate yeah. from BRP. Oh, really? That's what I well I knew it was Bombardier. Yeah, I knew it was Canadian. Um I, I can't find a connection between them and BRP. Jay Wilson, where are you at in your training? Chat's Jesus. living up. How many people are on right now? The live stream. To, to it's on the that. top of the screen. Uh, 13. Okay. 13 right now. That's pretty good for this time. It's not bad for 10 a.m. on a Saturday. Yeah. We've never done a morning stream. No. Um, now this is good. Okay, so uh, Danny 15. Rude, I got a question. Whenever my, I f my fire department needs to set up a landing zone for a helicopter, we need to wait 10 minutes to see if the company will accept the medevac request. Whether you refuse to fly an IFR, any IFR really. So my question is, if you need to have an IFR certification to fly those Eurocopters, why does the company stop them from flying in that weather? Well, you got to think they have to have a way of descending. And if there's no approved, like they have to have a really wide berth in terms of um, clearance zone for them to land. They're not just going to get over the spot, hover straight down. I'm sure to a certain extent they can do that in certain weather minimums, but um, the instrument rating is designed to do approaches and certified approaches. There's no certified approach on a random highway right. where you're making the helipad. It's right. just a, there's nothing that governs that. They have to have it when they get back to the hospital. You know, if they're going hospital, hospital, they can certainly do that. Um, they have their own copter, is what they're called, copter approaches um, to certain helicopters. Like that us as fixed-wing guys, we don't even have those charts. They're probably privately owned, in fact. So you'd have to go solicit the um, hospital to get those plates, which obviously you wouldn't get. But they have their own approaches, so they can go fly in that weather. You can see why that's helpful. But yeah, just a random, like Rob said, a random landing zone. There's there's no there's no safe way to really descend. If anybody has any experience getting approvals for and like putting in a, a helipad on like their personal property, shoot me an email like with some sort of heading that might stick out because I'm buried in four thousand plus emails I haven't this opened yet. This podcast must have taken off. You guys are gonna get a helicopter now. <laughs> but no, I, I I got a spare acre down I in mean, Florida. I, I, I want to. I love the new yeah. studio. This I is love, awesome. Let's uh, yeah. no more no more freezing up on people. <laughs> Scott 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 decent. We're trying to get fiber wherever. I'm gonna be able to get fiber over yeah. there. What are, what are you running on here? This is this is junk still. We're still trying to figure out. Don't I don't know fiber if, here. Not well. They they're putting it in. Oh, okay. I don't know if this is going to be our exact recording location. Not like long term yeah. this basement, but next door. Um, possibly next door across town or yeah. somewhere. But we're trying to get once we get a more permanent location, get fiber, five G. I'm gonna have the first one of us with fiber, right? Lee, you don't have fiber. No, nope. I can't even get internet at my place in Florida now. I bought so far out in the country. <laughs> I'm just down the street from <laughs> Scott, so. Probably about the same time. When they tell yeah. you, like the twenty first, I'm saying all right. oh, this month. Yeah. Okay. They were saying February, so I think we should okay. maybe well, start you, an episode here. I had to call to make an appointment. They sent me a thing in the yeah, mail. We did. Saying, yeah, we did that too. We made an appointment. Yeah, huh? Mine's uh, January twenty first. Okay. Is there is there yeah. stuff in the chest though? Let's go go. I mean, if you just lean your head a Fiber. little bit, you can read it because this mic technique. So did you go with the five hundred, the one gig, or the two gig? This is. I need to shut Scott's audio off because he's talking about one? fiber on the podcast. Which is not, not unuseful. Scott and I are having a conversation <laughs> yeah. here. We're okay. trying to have a conversation. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Can we isolate them? They can. I, I wish just, the board would do that. So, <laughs> what, right, what, anyways, do we, what do we got in the chat before we go so, into that actual episode? Um, so he talked about that. Uh, there's a, uh, Brandon said there's a few limitations. He's back to his instructor uh, or one of the, like his chief pilot for his flight school. 
they've put in some limitations and there's expect to fly. And he said, I asked well, what, what the limitations are. Um, and he said, there's a few. One of them is that we're supposed to fly with an active Airmet Tango. So Airmet, so ta- uh, Airmets are coded. Airmet Tango, do you remember, know what Airmet Tango is? Me and Scott are talking. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Fine. What Airmet Tango, uh, moderate turbulence. Go ahead and take this one, Lee. Small aircraft, so air- aircraft less than 12.5, moderate turbulence. Um, I don't know. Oh, well, he, yeah, he answered it for me there. Um, <laughs> I think I said it first, though, so that's not cheating. But um, the Airmet Tango, yeah, moderate turbulence, that's for small aircraft only. So that's one thing when you look at pilot reports which obviously is real-time and actual pilot experience those conditions, but it's all subjective. What I may report as moderate turbulence may be severe for a 172. What an A320 uh, says is light turbulence might be severe to me. So it's all subjective. Well, it can also be like two people in a 172. What is it? That's still subjective because what is, yeah, Yeah. what's severe to you might be mild to me or vice versa. There's layers to it for sure. Yep, there, there's, there's, there was one I, a few months ago. There was a Gulfstream, a G3 over the Gulf. He reported severe turbulence or extreme turbulence. One of the, yeah, extreme over the Gulf. And I just kept watching because I wanted to show somebody that the, that's the first time I've ever seen extreme reported over the Gulf. And then on the um, east, east coast of Florida, I don't know where they were going exactly, but they were definitely they were descending. He was like in the lower, low mid teens, I want to say. And they again reported severe turbulence. And I'm like, this dude is just like not into turbulence, apparently. Yeah. You know, used to smooth air or something. So he kept, it's just that that's the subjective thing. If you're a fair weather flyer, you hit, you know, what I would consider chop. It's all, it's all over the oh, map. So plane bounces at all. That's, that's extreme. <laughs> that's <laughs> time to go. land. If, it's, if Scott makes the pie rep, you know, it's fine. Yeah, land at the nearest If he airport, could figure out how to do a pie rep. Yeah. yeah. You know, that would be, yeah. there's that. Helpful. that <laughs> I should do that. Just report extreme <laughs> turbulence <time>. everywhere. <laughs> 1500 feet above here on extreme turbulence. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know that I think that is an excessive limitation for a flight school. I mean, because as we all know, in in the middle of summer, you're you're probably going to see that every day. What are you not, not going to fly all summer? Wait till it's you know eve- mornings or evenings and get rid of the whole midday shift with the students. I don't know. He uh, he said uh, 15 knots and above is severe turbulence for 152. Uh, no, it's more like seven knots and above would be severe. <laughs> <laughs> um, Point seven for you. Professional yeah. 150 pilot over here, yeah. Mr. Boris. Right. Well, he's the resident expert. Yeah. Um, fish knots and above is severe for 152. Yeah, yeah. Not only is that challenging flying, but very tough to teach in and debatable as my if my students are learning anything. 100% true. Um, you can let them experience it. And, and I know that's tough because they don't know what Mother Nature is doing them versus what they are, like, doing on the controls. Yeah, but you don't want to do that, like, every lesson, like, his boss wants to. Or you definitely don't want to do it with your first uh, student doing it for the first time. I mean, I mean, their first lesson. Yeah. You don't want to say, even though my boss says, we have to take you up on this, you know. Let I'd them t- see it once, and then if well, yeah, they don't want to go. But not your first flight. Not, no, ever, not your Because first then they'll flight. be like, I'm never coming back. Right, right. I think that would be bad. That would be bad sales, I no. think. Yeah, Luckily, I had a, a very good private instructor, and he was very, no, you didn't. very kind and easy. And easy <laughs> on the eyes, yeah. no, can good, I say that? good bedside manner. Yeah, great bedside <laughs> manner. Great bedside yeah. manner. 
Um, yeah, I, yeah, I hundred percent agree with everything Jeff just said. Let them, not initially, let them wet their appetite, if you will, and then once they're further down, show them the moderate turbulence and let them make their own decisions. And then your boss has nothing to say. If the customer doesn't want to fly a moderate turbulence state with an Aramat Tango, you're you're scot free. All right. Uh, I like this guy from Belgium. He's above. Was that six thousand feet is space? That's. He's got. Uh, he's got some. He's good, speaking your language, right, huh? Yeah, you yeah, guys should rewrite the right? book. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and let's remember, space is for rockets. So, <laughs> airplanes do not need to go to space. Space yeah. is technically class E again. It, is it above A above six zero zero? It's class E again. Really? It goes from A back to E. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you're on the moon, you're technically again, class E. That's for that's for rockets, not airplanes. Okay. Can you guys see the the countdown timer? I do. I got it. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Let's start now. Let's kick off the episode. This will be. I forget which episode this will be. You'll see it in the title when you listen to it.